Hello and welcome to the Thoughtful Language Learner podcast. My name is Makoto, and I'm the author of the book The Thoughtful Language Learner. Are you a struggling language learner? Do you feel like you lack the confidence and skills to learn a foreign language? I believe that cultivating self-awareness and understanding who you are as a learner is the key to success. And through this podcast, I'm bringing you the contents of my book. Each episode will cover a new chapter, sort of like an audiobook. And what's cool is I'm bringing you each chapter through some text-to-speech technology. I hope you like it. Chapter 9, What to do when you don't feel like it. The year was 1962. In April of the previous year, the Soviet Union had successfully sent cosmonaut Yuri Gagarin into space, the first human ever. The next month, astronaut Alan Shepard became the first American to fly in space. The space race was heating up between the US and the Soviet Union. In September 1962, feeling the need to inspire the country, President John F. Kennedy delivered a heartfelt speech to thousands gathered in a stadium in Houston. The National Aeronautics and Space Administration, NASA, which was established in 1958, was still in its infancy. What NASA and America needed was significant advances in both science and space technology. Kennedy knew he needed to inspire and motivate the country to be able to take the lead in space technology. He could have used different statistics or persuasive arguments to rally the country to be more devoted to scientific development. But instead, he cast an audacious vision of the future. He set a goal to send a man to the moon before the end of the decade. In his speech he passionately rallied the whole country. We choose to go to the moon. We choose to go to the moon in this decade and do the other things, not because they are easy, but because they are hard, because that goal will serve to organize and measure the best of our energies and skills, because that challenge is one that we are willing to accept, one we are unwilling to postpone, and one which we intend to win. Many years ago the great British explorer George Mallory, who was to die on Mount Everest, was asked why did he want to climb it. He said, because it is there. Well, space is there, and we're going to climb it, and the moon and the planets are there, and new hopes for knowledge and peace are there. And, therefore, as we set sail we ask God's blessing on the most hazardous and dangerous and greatest adventure on which man has ever embarked. By casting a clear and strong vision, Kennedy had inspired and motivated NASA and the whole country. From the engineers building the rockets all the way down to the janitors mopping the floors, everyone saw their work not just as a personal responsibility, but also as a greater contribution to the whole country. This vision created an environment in which everyone was dedicated to the task and highly focused on reaching the goal. By 1969, NASA succeeded in landing a man on the moon. Understanding Your Assessment When we speak of motivation, we often think of two things. Motivation in one sense is the reason why you want to pursue something or accomplish something. Why did you choose to study the language you are studying? But we can also talk about motivation in the sense of drive or willpower to do something. And this can fluctuate and be different at any given time. Sometimes, you find it quite easy to sit down and study. Other times you might be tempted to watch TV or do anything else besides study. 
In this chapter, we will look at both of these ideas on motivation. The reason or motive for learning a second language might look different from person to person. Some people might be driven more by external reasons such as for a promotion at work or a good grade for a class. Other people might be driven more by internal reasons such as a passion for learning or a joy for taking up new challenges. The external reasons are often referred to as extrinsic motivation and the internal reasons are often referred to as intrinsic motivation. The researcher Edward Desi was the first to introduce this concept of extrinsic and intrinsic motivation. According to Desi, intrinsically motivated activities are ones for which there is no apparent reward except the activity itself. People seem to engage in the activities for their own sake and not because they lead to an extrinsic reward. Desi had done many experiments in which external rewards, such as money, were used to motivate participants to complete puzzles or tasks. He found extrinsic rewards decrease intrinsic motivation in many situations, when rewards are contingent on performance they are more likely to decrease intrinsic motivation. Since then, many other studies have also come to this conclusion. Another author describes how rewards can deliver a short-term boost, just as a jolt of caffeine can keep you cranking for a few hours. But the effect wears off, and, worse, can reduce a person's longer-term motivation to continue the project. There have also been many studies that have specifically looked at how intrinsic motivation affects language learning. On the whole, it has been found that it is important to have intrinsic motivation in order to have greater success in language learning. One language researcher summarizes that there is a considerable body of research evidence to suggest that intrinsic motivation not only promotes spontaneous learning behavior and has a powerful self-sustaining dynamic but also leads to qualitatively different and more effective kind of learning than extrinsic forms of motivation. As language learners, we need to be clear about our own motivations. What are the different internal and external reasons that made us decide to learn a second language? One of the best ways to establish motivation is to set clear goals. Just like NASA's goal to send a man to the moon, language learners need to have clear goals to help establish motivation. Edwin Locke, a psychologist famous for his research on goal setting, summarizes the key factors needed for good goals. 1. The more difficult the goal, the greater the achievement. 2. The more specific or explicit the goal, the more precisely performance is regulated. 3. Goals that are both specific and difficult lead to the highest performance. 4. Commitment to goals is most critical when goals are specific and difficult. 5. High commitment to goals is attained when, a, the individual is convinced that the goal is important, and, b, the individual is convinced that the goal is attainable, or that, at least, progress can be made toward it. In our language learning, we need to set clear and specific goals. These goals also need to include an element of difficulty. Having these goals sustains our drive over the long process of language learning. When we don't set concrete goals, we are in danger of seeing our motivation decrease over time. In addition to maintaining a strong internal drive, setting the right environment is also crucial. Many people fail to realize how important our environment is and overemphasize the need for willpower. According to one book, We Defy Willpower and Self-Control, 
and mock its absence. People who achieve through remarkable willpower are strong and heroic. People who need help or structure are weak. This is crazy, because few of us can accurately gauge or predict our willpower. We not only overestimate it, we chronically underestimate the power of triggers in our environment to lead us astray. Our environment is a magnificent willpower reduction machine. Another book about habits describes how creating the right environment is often the key. It's about creating conditions that make your success inevitable. For example, if you want to be focused at work, you need to remove all distractions from your physical and digital workspace. If you want to eat healthy, remove all the unhealthy foods from your house. If you want to get creative insights, get out of town and relax for a day or two. If you want to be more motivated, take on greater responsibility and increase the stakes for both success and failure. Think through your own language learning environment. Are the places in which you study conducive to learning? Or are they prone to distract you? What the research shows. When discussing motivation, we often think of the factors that increase our drive such as goal setting. But it is also important to consider the factors that might lead to demotivation. One group of researchers surveyed over 900 Japanese university students to understand their attitudes towards learning English. They specifically looked at the factors that lead to demotivation. The researchers expected poor teachers to be a top factor, but they actually found that the students had positive perceptions of their past teachers. Instead, they found that the teaching method or the dominant pedagogy posed the largest threat to student motivation. Although a language learner might begin with high spirits and high motivation, poor teaching methods or certain teaching styles can prove to be demotivating. Good learners need to be prepared for both the highs and the lows of language learning. They need to be ready for discouragement and find ways to continually self-motivate themselves to stay on track. Some changes may also need to be made if a certain class or teaching style is highly demotivating. One researcher describes how the best language learners are learners who are resilient. She describes how there are different ways resilience could be developed in language learners. A. Providing assets, which in our field might be language books, computers, materials, interesting and exciting lessons, and opportunities to use the language. B. Mobilizing protective factors, such as attachment relationships with language teachers or mastery experiences that increase language learners' self-efficacy, and, c. Removing or reducing risks, such as embarrassment or failure for language learners, but without reducing an appropriate sense of classroom challenge. As you cultivate greater self-awareness, one goal is to have greater sensitivity in noticing changes in your language learning attitudes. In certain moments or certain phases, you may find yourself feeling demotivated or discouraged. A self-aware learner will not wait for the circumstances to change or for the teacher to address it. They will proactively make changes in their learning to continue to make it engaging and interesting. Applying your learning attitude. It was 11 long years from the founding of NASA to landing on the moon. During that time there were many failures and setbacks. Feelings of doubt or discouragement were probably common. Yet NASA remained motivated. Both NASA and much of the country were committed to reaching the goal of sending a man to the moon. In the LLAQ, what was your total score for motivation? Are you clear about why you are studying a second language? 
What do you hope to get out of it? What is your ultimate goal? Although it's reasonable to pursue external rewards, it's better to have internal reasons for your language learning. Being intrinsically motivated will help you maintain the drive to press on during difficulty and discouragement. One of the outcomes of cultivating greater self-awareness is being able to discern between your own hopes and desires and the expectations of others. For example, when I first started studying Chinese, I set a high goal to have native-like pronunciation. When people met me and chatted with me, my secret hope was to be mistaken for a local. Having good pronunciation is important so that misunderstandings can be avoided. But over time I realized that my goal of pursuing amazing pronunciation was misplaced. I was focusing too much of my effort on accuracy and not enough time on my overall speaking ability. I also realized that this goal was driven by my anxieties of being a Japanese person living in China. My true goal and hope were simply to have enough proficiency in the language to build meaningful relationships. With limited time and resources, I eventually dropped my goal of obtaining native-like pronunciation. I changed my goal to building friendships, and this has continued to keep me motivated in my Chinese learning. In this chapter, we have also touched on the topic of willpower. The main message is to not rely on willpower or sheer determination to sustain you through your language learning journey. It is much more important to create systems or an environment that will lead to regular practice. The reason some people are more successful is not necessarily because they have greater discipline or willpower. They have simply arranged their lives and schedules to guarantee that the practice and habits they want to accomplish actually get done. Living in China, I have no choice but to use and practice my Chinese on a daily basis. Whether I am buying groceries, paying my bills, chatting with neighbors, many of my daily activities require me to practice communication. Not every learner gets the chance to move and live overseas, but there are still ways to craft a conducive environment for language learning. Signing up for a language class or tutor is probably the easiest way to increase the likelihood of regular practice. You are not only spending money on the education, but you are also paying for accountability. When your teacher or other classmates are expecting you to show up each week, you will naturally have a higher level of commitment. Even joining a community of other language learners can help increase and maintain your motivation. Other other local language learners, or learners online, that you can connect with on a regular basis for mutual encouragement. As you think about your language learning context, what are some ways you can craft your environment so that you will be more likely to study and not give up? For example, maybe the best thing you can do for your language learning is to remove certain distractions. If your goal is to study 30 minutes every morning, then make that your first habit in your morning routine. Make a rule, or set up precautions to prevent yourself from checking email or social media until your study session is finished. Maybe you need to place your computer or phone in another room while you do your language learning. As you reflect on your overall attitudes towards language learning, it might be helpful to take a trip down memory lane. Imagine that you are having a conversation with yourself at the beginning of this journey. Why did you begin this language learning journey? What inspired you in the first place? What did you envision as the goal or outcome of this journey? If you can, write down some thoughts in a journal or an email to yourself. Later on, 
When you find yourself feeling discouraged or unmotivated go back and read these thoughts that you have written down. You may find that it's just the nudge you need to keep moving forward. I hope you enjoyed this chapter of my book. If you found it helpful, send me a message, let me know. Also, I have a free PDF that introduces some of the assessment tools mentioned in my book. If you're interested, just go to rebrand.ly forward slash free PDF. Thanks for listening.